Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Totem Talks. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. And today the conversation is on delegation. But before we go there, I have a very special announcement to make. You do? The day after this podcast goes out is Helen's birthday. <gasps> That's exciting. That's very exciting. And it's a very busy time at Totem Towers, Helen's birthday. <laughs> The entire month. It's all about me. It's all about me. So the finance department is preparing itself for a rather large entertaining budget this month. Many gifts are being bought, I'm sure. And I'm sure all of us would like to take a moment just to say, happy birthday, love. Oh, thanks. No worries, mate. Um, But back to the topic, Mm -hmm. delegation. Mm -hmm. We have differing views on this, I suspect. Ooh, we don't don't know. know. We don't know. Okay. Let's figure it out, shall we? Let's find out. What are your views on delegation? I am a big fan of the one-minute manager Uh approach to delegation. And I find that to be the best for my blood pressure. And I (laughs) find it to be very good for the blood pressure of my employees as well. Okay. Uh, One of the things that struck me about the one-minute manager was the amount of time we invest as managers... Picking holes in our employees' work. Right. And I noticed this, particularly when we first got into business and we first had a few employees, uh, we would spend a lot of time talking about which shade of blue should the logo be. And actually, at that point, it had become a subjective conversation. And as the manager, I would impose my view because I am the boss. But actually learning from that experience over the last decade or so has been, it would have been better as a tool to empower my employees to get their shade of blue. And it didn't really have an impact on the quality of the logo. So I've learned to be a lot more hands off Mm -hmm. with my delegation, if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. and to trust people more, which is it's a difficult thing to do. Obviously, because if they make a mistake, that's on me. Right. So managing that and managing that expectation has been a challenge. But that's kind of where I'm at with my delegation. It's very hands-off. Have mm. you got a different view? I don't think I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I find that hands-off approach very difficult. Uh, but I don't think I would disagree with it. I think it's probably worth digging into what are some of the principles behind that what is the one minute manager? Uh, so perhaps if we can unpick a bit of why it is we find delegation difficult as a society mm. and what it is we can do to do delegation better. Uh, so first off, let's explain that the one minute manager is a book by Ken Blanchard, uh, which is you know brilliant one because it's a really short book, really simple concept to have these one minute, not sure they're ever really one minute, but short, sharp conversations, like you say, to enable that hands-off approach, really useful. Yeah, and it's become a little Bible for me, that book, particularly given how short it is. Oh, I love a short book. <laughs> got so much more likely to read I it. Say, and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm actually going to read it and pay attention to what it says. So thank you, Ken, for that. Um, <laughs> that again, there's a probably a link on our website somewhere so have a rummage below and we'll uh we'll, there'll be a link for you uh, but you said society has an issue with delegation mm. talk more about that so there's a few things we, we've already mentioned some of these words trust 
you know, it's it's my neck on the line if it goes wrong. There's things in there about uh, my way of doing it is the only way of doing it. So when I'm working with people on workshops or one-to-one coaching situations, someone's just become a manager or maybe they've been a people manager for a while and they're getting stuck in delegation, they're finding it difficult, usually comes down to one, if not a combination of these three things. Mm. So one is the trust piece. Do I trust that you will do the work well? That's a difficult question. And often we feel like I can only trust you once you've proven yourself, but often we need to give that trust in advance. Otherwise people feel not trusted, which is true. And then they don't feel empowered. They don't feel valued. It's not a good place to be. And that inhibits them from doing their best work. So yeah, I think as a manager, there's a responsibility for you to step out, be, be the first to step out with your trust and to just give people a bit more free reign. Difficult thing to do, I know, but as a boss, that's your job, so suck it up. And I think what's interesting is people often say, but it can't go wrong. You know, to say, oh, well, I'll, I'll let you fail and it'll be good for your experience and it'll show that I trust you and that's okay, but you can't do that in my work, you can't fail. And I think, you know, if we're talking life or death, maybe, but other than that, really, is it so bad if this podcast goes out and there's something wrong with it? Or if the podcast gets sent to somebody and it needs retweaking in some way, if something goes to our clients and they come back and say, this isn't really what we wanted. And we say, oh, we're sorry about that. Let's put it right for you. Is that really so bad? And I think we need challenging on this whole, we can't get it wrong. We're so afraid of failure that we can't empower our teams and trust our people to have a go at something. There's something a little bit wrong there. Mm, I think that's the whole perfectionism isn't perfect sort of mentality right there yeah uh if you're if you're straining for a hundred percent perfection you are eventually going to have a coronary mm-hmm. almost certainly uh even in engineering standards you you you, you accept you can never be a hundred percent you right know, 99.999 is yeah, considered yeah. to be the best yeah i mean that's six sigma right there so even even within a controlled environment without people in it right we, we don't expect perfection so you start throwing people into the mix, you, it's going to get messy. <laughs> and and nicely so, yeah. And I think to your point about um, something not being right, there's there's learning in that. And so getting things wrong is really when you learn things most acutely, particularly when it's a painful learning lesson. The second one is that when you have that back and forth interaction, with, particularly for us with a client, and they're like, actually, you know what? I think this is this could be changed or that could be tweaked. Those are invaluable conversations for us as yeah. as people who are running a business because we learn about our clients. We learn what makes them tick as individuals. We make, we learn what is making them as a brand tick or as a company. And if you just get it spot on the first time, you 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 miss out on the opportunity to build relationships with the people in the organisation. And it's often those relationships as a business owner that are better for you than just absolutely nailing it. It's a really weird backwards point, right? Because generally people talk about getting things right first time. Having experienced this recently where I've sent something to a client and they've gone absolutely perfect, don't need any changes. I was a bit sort of taken aback because that doesn't usually happen. (laughs) We we do not get things right first time. 
but I think I was taken aback for the reason you described, not because we get things wrong, mm. but because we shape things together with our clients. Yeah. We take time to brainstorm together to say, how's this looking? Shall we change this? And actually for a client just to say, yes, that's great. Thank you. I did feel like you were describing that I missed some of the opportunity to build that relationship and understand more about what they wanted. Mm. So it's a really funny, it sounds backwards to say, yes, here at Totem, we get things wrong first time and that works well for us. Yeah. It's a it's a collaboration and that's what seems to work best. Uh, that's the right word I was about to say. So there's a, there's a big difference between right and wrong. There's a huge middle ground where you say of collaboration and getting to know each other and it's that as a bit as a space that you need to be in as a business owner. So anybody who's who's running their, you know their own company, I think it's it's wisdom we've we've struggled with uh, acquiring. So please take that for free. <laughs> um, yeah, I think also uh, what is wrong? Right, that's the right straight away. Right, <laughs> wrong, and this is where uh, when I talk about my way of doing it. So people often say to me, I don't want to delegate it to my team because they may not do it my way or they may not do it the right way. And often what we mean by the right way is my way. So to come back to your example of what shade of blue should something be, if I don't do it in your shade of blue, does that mean it's wrong? No, it just means it's not the way you would have done it. And again, I think this is part of what's fueling this. Well, I can't afford for someone in my team to get it wrong. As you say, what what is wrong? Just that they didn't do it my way? Mm. And actually, might we find that if, you know, who, who's our client? Who's our customer here? Maybe it's someone in the finance team. Maybe it's an end customer. Maybe it's for my manager. What if, oh my goodness, the person in my team's way of doing it is better for that person than my way of doing it? And we have to be open to that, that there is no right or wrong. There are different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And I think within this, I think now is the best time to talk about the the human in the delegation equation. Okay. So as a manager, delegation for me is about influencing somebody to do something I need them to do. So that's 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 what delegation is, right? And if I am telling somebody what and how to do something, I am treating them like a computer. And quite often they're going to be less engaged, they're going to be less thoughtful. They're going to have less feedback for me in terms of how it could be done better. Mm. I'm not going to be learning from the person actually doing the work. Mm. I'm just going to assume it's all going to go well and it will be to my standards. And I think that dehumanizes the person who you've just delegated the work to. Mm. If you can delegate with a hands-off approach and you give that person the, the comfort, but the safety net in order to explore different ways of doing the work you've asked them to do, I think it's better for them as an individual and you will see personal growth not just for them within their role but personal growth in terms of your relationship with them which means that you can begin building trust and it's trust within a team that makes a really strong team right and this is where I get really kind of Uh, wringing the necks of people that I'm working with who are saying oh but I can't trust my team and I don't know this seems to come down to me to uh, an incorrect assumption about how we delegate. So if I delegate like this, Mark, 
I would like you to produce a report. I would like it produced in this font, in this format, and I want it done by Tuesday, but I want you to send it to me on Monday so I can check it. And I want that everything done. Everything okay? Yes, you're nodding at me. Perfect. Okay, off you go. And I'm now not going to talk to you until Monday when I see the first draft of that report. If that's how I imagine delegation works, then that's hugely scary. It requires a huge amount of trust. Well, not really, because as you say, I've talked to you like a computer. I've told you what to do. But if you've misunderstood anything like that, there's going to be a disaster. If I delegate differently and say, Mark, there's this really important report we need to create for a client. Here's why it's important. Or if it was an internal need, we need to create a report talking about our business finances. Here's why this is so important. What are your thoughts on this? By asking you to reflect on why this is important, maybe what you think the report needs to have in it, how you might go about it, by asking you to answer those questions, we are, as you describe, in that collaborative space. You're now owning this. You're going to feel much more engaged in creating the work. Mm. So I've achieved much more and I've learned more by delegating in that way. And then it's not a scary thing to trust the person because the trust is just built in that collaboration. So by delegating in a completely different way, we can be far quicker, far more effective. But what about the issue of checking in with somebody? You can't just walk away and expect them to have it. How How do you have that conversation where you need to go back and just double check that they're doing what they're doing? Okay, really valid question. Again, that's one I hear very often is people saying, even if I do all of that, and then we go our separate ways, I'm likely to go back and sit at my desk and think, well, is he doing okay? Has he started? Has he hit any problems? And there's two things on that. One is to show our people that the best way they can build trust with us is to come to us for help. So what can we be doing to say, you know, oh, my colleague came to me to ask for help. I was so pleased they came to ask for help, sharing stories about when people have come back to ask questions and how that's really helped, builds the expectation that people do ask questions. Hmm. So that's one thing we can do. The other thing is just to have a really open conversation about it. So I've just delegated this report to you. The deadline is next Friday. I could then ask you, so Mark, what do we think about how often we should check in between now and next Friday? so that we both know that you're making progress and everything's good. By having that conversation, we can make sure I don't end up micromanaging you and every five minutes going, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Uh, And we can decide together how we want to do that. And how does that work if you're not somebody's direct line manager? So, you know, we, we often run training courses around managing up and managing side to side. So, you know, other peers, perhaps people who are who are not your direct reports, does, where does delegation come into that? Is that about influencing those people to do it? Or at what point yeah. can you get like snippy with people for not doing stuff? I mean, what, where are we? Yeah, I mean, that's not going to work, right? If I'm not, well, I would argue even if I am your boss, getting snippy with you for not doing something is not a helpful place to go. If I'm not your boss, even more so, yeah. that's going to seem really odd. So I think there is a difference When we think about delegating to a member of my team, we think of that has a level of authority to it. Mm -hmm. When we're not in a position of authority, essentially we're asking someone a favor, we're we're influencing them, asking them to do something for us. So having that in mind that, and again, it's going to, the same techniques, you're going to be pushing on the why, why is this important? What's your view on why this is important? When do you think you can get that done? This is the deadline that we have. How do you think we could work together to hit that deadline? 
What support might you like from me? When should we check in on that? So I would argue it's exactly the same as when we're in a position of authority. We're just Mm. maybe conscious of that lack of authority. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Just to summarize there, what are the key takeaways for our listeners today in terms of delegation? Sure. So the first point really is to challenge how you think delegation should work. Because if you're imagining delegation as a sense of, I tell you what to do and then hope you get it done, really unhelpful belief system. So challenge what you think delegation is and then think about how you can do that in a more collaborative way to share why something is important, what's needed and to collaborate on how that's going to get done and then check in on how we're going to check in on progress. Perfect. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. Let's call it a day. Uh, As always, just subscribe, follow us wherever you like to be. If you've got any suggestions for the podcast, we are open and ready for business. Just throw them (laughs) our way in a comment section or something. We'll pick them up. Other than that, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.